are you, Michael fucking Myers? I'm never sensible if I can help it! Never answer the- I'm bored. Wait! Hello everyone, happy Friday the 13th, and welcome back to Michael Freaking Myers, a horror and sci-fi podcast. So of course, with today being Friday the 13th, I wanted to celebrate um, our favorite boy, Jason, and um, hopefully put some positive energy out there so that those um, legal issues will be resolved and we can get another Friday the 13th movie since we haven't had one in, gosh, like 13 years, 12 or 13 years. Um, So yeah. But in honor of today's show, I watched Freddy vs. Jason from 2003. Um, and technically, this is more of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie than a Friday the 13th movie. Um, but it was one that I had been wanting to rewatch for a while because I'd only seen it once before. And I did also rewatch Friday the 13th Part 5, but I had more to say about Freddy vs. Jason, so that's going to be the topic of today's episode. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get into it. So this movie is from 2003. It was directed by Ronnie Yu, who is from Hong Kong, and he was actually born in 1950. Um, his first big American film seems to be Bride of Chucky from 1998. Um, and then he went on a few years later to direct Freddy vs. Jason, and he was in his early 60s when he directed this movie, which I think is really cool. Um... So yeah, those are his um, two major contributions to American horror. Um, He's also an actor in, um, well, not an actor, but he also appears in Never Sleep Again, which is a Nightmare on Elm Street um, documentary and in Crystal Lake Memories, which is a very long and very thorough Friday the 13th documentary. Um. So yeah, that's just a little bit of background on the movie there, um, and the director specifically. I'm honestly just glad that we got this movie at all, um, and also that the premise and the plot are even slightly coherent, because I've heard that there are some real stinker versions of the script out there, and so the fact that this movie was even made in the first place, and then also that we got a pretty decent script, I think that's worthy of celebration. Um, Because it could have easily been, like, Alien vs. Predator Requiem, which is, like, such a boring movie, in my opinion. Um, I do like the first Alien vs. Predator a lot, though. Um, But that's a tangent. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, let's just kind of go through my notes here. I took notes as I was watching. Um, So the opening scene is kind of mirroring the first Nightmare movie, and there are actually a lot of references back to that first Nightmare on Elm Street movie, which is pretty cool. Um, So we have the friends coming over to keep a teenager company because the parents are out of town, and then one of the girls goes upstairs to have sex with a sketchy boyfriend, Um, and then we also see references in the dream sequence. There's like a little goat, which is like, um, I believe it was a sheep in the original Nightmare on Elm Street film. And then we also have Freddy extending his arms um, in one of the dream sequences. Um, And then another reference later on in the movie, we have Freddy like pressing his face into the wall of the silo um, at the farm like cornfield party, uh, which is of course a reference to the scene in the first movie where he's like pressing his face into the wall above Nancy's head while she's asleep. 
Um, so those were some of the references that I caught, um, mostly in that opening scene, but then also we have that one on the silo. Um, I thought there were some really cool visuals, especially in this opening, like, kind of first act part of the movie. Uh, we have a dream sequence where there's a little girl sitting in the hallway, and her eyes are slashed out. And so she turns around and you see, like, she has, like, the, um, Freddy's, like, claw fingers, um, knife hands, whatever you want to call them, like, down her eyes. I thought that was a really cool visual. Um, I also like, there's one part where, um, and I am going to be spoiling this movie, by the way. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, then now would be the time for you to bow out. Um, but thank you for listening. Um, so anyways, um, another part that I really enjoyed was, um, there's a character, I don't remember his name, he was kind of a throwaway character, he was just there to be killed off, um, so he's accidentally fallen asleep, and, um, he thinks that he's gotten away because Freddy isn't quite powerful enough yet to kill him within the dream, so he wakes back up and he thinks everything's okay, he turns and sees his dad sitting next to him, and he's like, dad, like, what are you doing, like, wake up, and then he, he like, goes to shake his dad, and the dad's head just falls off, and then Jason kills him. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool jump scare. Um, I didn't remember that from my first viewing, so I had a lot of fun with that one. There's also an amazing visual um, at the cornfield party where Jason gets set on fire, and he's just, like, going around slaughtering everyone. That was really cool. Um, I also like the parts when they go to the final showdown, and Jason is just, like, dragging Freddy through a wall of windows, and, like, the glass is smashing all over Freddy. That was kind of hilarious, to be honest. Um, one of my criticisms of the movie, it is a little bit silly that Jason is afraid of water in the nightmare, but I can kind of justify it, because, to me, it's more like Freddy is tapping into his trauma from when he drowned, so it's not really that Jason is actually afraid of water. It's just that he kind of has that, like, um, that fear in his past. And so Freddy is, like, tapping into that and bringing it to the foreground. Um, I know a lot of people take issue with that scene because it is a little bit silly um, for Jason to be afraid of water because it's like we see him in the water all the time, like, jumping out of the water, diving into the water, like all the time in the previous movie, so it doesn't really make sense. But that's how I kind of justify it to myself. Um, that way I can just kind of, like, look past that scene rather than being annoyed by it. <laughs> um, yeah, so although this is, like I said, more of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie than a Friday the 13th movie, I do think it actually works better than some of the less inspired Friday movies because it really adds more structure and meaning to Jason's killing spree, and it also gives him a worthy adversary, which they kind of tried to do with, like, Tommy Jarvis. And then um, in part seven, we have Tina, um, who has, like, the psychic powers. Um, but I think, it, like, Jason facing off against Freddy, it's a more compelling battle than just Jason versus, like, random teenage girl. Um, so, yeah, I did like that about it. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to say about this movie is I wanted to give a shout out to Physical Media, of course, because I'm super happy that I have this one on DVD. And I thought they had some really cool special features on the disc. So there was one that said, um, like, you could jump to a death scene. Um, and so it showed you 
um, like the name of the character and how they were killed and you could select each one and then view that death scene um, you could also press kill all which would play all of them or you could press random death which would of course play a random death scene so I thought that was really cool um yeah so I realize I'm only like nine minutes into the show here um, but I've pretty much said everything that I wanted to say um I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed Freddy vs. Jason this time, because last time I watched it, it was just kind of average for me. Um, but I had a lot of fun rewatching it this time. Um, I actually thought the characters were fairly likable. Um, I mean, they're not exactly the most compelling in the world, but they don't really need to be because they're more or less just vehicles for the story of Freddy vs. Jason, um, which is the ultimate, um, that's the matchup that we are ultimately there for as the audience. Um, but I thought Lori was fairly likable as our lead female character. Um, we also have um, Charlie Linderman, who I thought he was kind of likable as well. Um, it was unfortunate he didn't really get much of an arc, because it kind of seemed like they were going to do that thing where he's like a coward at first, and then he becomes brave. But instead he got killed before <laughs> that arc could come to fruition. Um, and then of course we have Kelly Rowland playing Kia, who is uh, Lori's best friend. And I do think her character is fairly likable as well. Um, I always am annoyed at that final scene um, right before she gets killed where she's like, um, she's kind of spouting off at Freddy. And I like the idea of that. I like the idea of her just like, um, like kind of laying into Freddy, like roasting him a little bit. But then she has to use that um, homophobic slur, which is really unfortunate and it just really ruins that entire scene for me um but yeah I I don't necessarily like blame Kelly Rowland for that I mean this movie came out in 2003 so I feel like it was um that word was probably like falling out of favor a little bit at that time so I definitely think like the writer should have known that it was not going to age well and that they shouldn't have been using that word to begin with but, um, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me a whole lot. It is just something that, um, always kind of makes me cringe a little bit when I watch that scene. So, yeah, um, I apologize for the background noise. Someone is, like, laying on the horn outside. I don't know what's going on with that. But, anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say about Freddy vs. Jason. And this is going to be a shorter episode, unfortunately, but I'll be back in another two weeks. And normally I would be announcing the theme for next episode right now, but I decided that since my summer class is starting and I may not even be able to watch anything, I'm not going to give myself a theme this time. And I'm just going to hopefully be able to watch something. Otherwise, we'll have another episode where I'm just talking about what I've been reading for class. But yeah, either way, it'll all work out. So thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Michael F. Myers. And um, that reminds me, I also do want to plug, I am reviving my old YouTube channel. So if you want more bookish content, um, particularly relating to romance novels, uh, you can expect to find that there. I'm hoping to do that weekly, um, probably just like a five minute video every week, five or ten minutes. Um, and I'm expecting at the moment that I'm going to be posting those on Fridays. Um, so the first one should be out at the same time as this episode um, on Friday the 13th. So 
you can go over to that channel and feel free to subscribe if you're interested in that kind of content. Um, I briefly considered merging it into this podcast as well, but I thought I would just be making myself too much of a niche podcast, um, and I didn't want to alienate either sides of my audience. So, yes, I've decided to split it into two different things there. But the name of that YouTube channel is The Rainbow Library, and it's linked on my Twitter as well. So thank you all for listening. Once again, reach out to me at Michael F. Myers on Twitter uh, with any feedback that you have or if you have movie suggestions or if you want to be a guest host or anything like that. Um, But thank you all for listening and have a great day.